everybody and welcome to the Healthy Dog Pod. Today we just have myself and Sophie in the studio. Hello. And we're going to be talking about uh, what a normal consultation looks like for us. So, you know, when, when somebody makes a phone call and asks us to come out and train their dog, what to expect? Yeah, exactly. And also this is me today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm bit, sick. A little bit sick. <laughs> so yeah, the husky voice is me. Just that probably does it for a few people, so oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about that. Right. <laughs> right eh? um, so, you know, this is where we just want to talk people through, you know, what, uh, what we do, the way, kind of way we work, really, because I think, um, you know, as a, as a dog trainer or as a person that's going needing a dog trainer, they're yeah. obviously, they know that they've got a problem. Um, they probably don't know what it is. <laughs> you know, they're probably calling us because the symptom is presenting, but they probably don't know what's causing it. Um, and so we try to explain, well, this, this podcast is to kind of explain like the whole process. Yeah, I think the most thing that we get when people call is, as you said, they don't know what's going on. They also sometimes regret to tell us all the information as well. <laughs> yeah. I think people get a little bit embarrassed where this is where we kind of want to say to you, don't be embarrassed. No. We're not judging you. We're actually here to help you. We need to know every single thing that's happening. And for example, I had a client call me and um, regretted to tell me that uh, the dog bites people that walks into the house. Yeah, and, I <laughs> and I walked in and they went, oh, that's weird. She usually attacks people that walks in. I'm like, guys, you should have told me that before I got here. Lucky I know how to walk into a house. <laughs> Um, but who knows, you know, it could have attacked me. Like I was just lucky yeah. that day. <laughs> yeah. I had, I literally had the same thing the last week. He opened the door, the dog growled and, you know, it was like really, really uncomfortable with me being there. And instantly I opened it. As soon as it happened, I'm like, oh, Jesus, man, like you could have warned me. And he just went, oh, you know, I just wanted you to see what would really happen. I'm like, I'm, I've been training dogs for a long that. time, mate. I, I've seen dogs growl before. I don't need it greeting me at the front door. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the other thing. I think people even say to us, you know, oh, let's meet at the park. You know. And I want you to see exactly what happens. Well, let's explain why first. Yeah. Right? So, you know, um, everybody by now probably, and everybody listening to the podcast by now was probably aware that we are working with the human as much as we are the dog. Yeah. Um. The dog's behavior is a result of what we expose it to. And so in order to get on top of that, we need the person to be involved and to understand why it's happening, understand what's going to set it up for a win, understand what's going to set it up for a fail, understand how to communicate with their dog. Not, We're not there to correct the dog. I've walked into many houses and, you know, the, the clients looked at me and looked at the dog and went, looked at the dog and went, oh, you're in trouble now. No, he's not. No, he's You're not. in trouble now. <laughs> no, no, they're not. <laughs> no, it's um, we're there to we we deliberately set it up. Um, for, how long have I been joking about this? The amount of times where I walk into people's houses and ask them if they want to sit down. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's so funny, isn't it? You're like, okay, should we sit? I think because people don't know what to expect yeah, either. Of course. Yeah. They don't really know what you're going to do, and everyone's standing around going. So, how are you going to fix this? Yeah. 
You're like, let's sit down first. Let's have go a through. Chat. Yeah, let's have a chat. <laughs> well, we send out a, con- a questionnaire. Yeah, um, same. Before um, the session, so you know, you you've you've called us up. Um, or you've sent us an email um, letting us know that you would like you're interested in our services. You book in a session, um, and we'll send you a questionnaire as to you know get some personal details, get some, for insurance, yeah. <laughs> get the, the dog's details, so we can give it get a bit of a background. But then we ask you like what what would you like? Uh, what problems are presenting, and what would you like to achieve out of the session? Um, and to be honest, it's more to get them thinking than for me to have a, I'll have a quick read before I go in, but I'll still ask the questions. It's exactly again. the same yeah. questions again to their face because the, a lot of the time, like I say, they, they probably don't understand. I will put money on it that 90% of my clients think that the problem presenting, they don't understand that that's a symptom of the problem. Yeah. And so once we're sitting down and we, we, we can also get a, a better scope as to where the dog's coming from because when we're, when we're asking these questions the dog's around me and I can read the dog and dogs don't dogs never lie yeah <laughs> so I can get a read on how the dog feels uh, about me being there you know get a feel as to what their day-to-day routine is and yes really spend at least that first part of the session learning why why the problems are happening why they are deemed problems to the individuals um, that have called us. And then try and figure out, because every training session is different. I've been doing this for a long, long time, and every dog's different, every person's different with different goals and different homes. You know, we've got some dogs that they never have, they never leave that house. Yeah. And so it's not they don't want it to learn how to walk either. They've just got some issues in the house. And so be it. Like that's what we're working with that day. Every single dog is different, and so when you go, oh, my dog's barking. At what? Yeah, but I think people go through breeds too. They're like, oh, all dash hounds are like this, or all blue healers are like this. I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> it's inherent behaviour, obviously. Yeah. But like, you know, it's uh, yeah. People will. We've said this before as well. You, you normalize what you see, but that doesn't mean it's normal. Yeah. 100%. You know, ta- my dog, oh, yeah, he just tail spins. Like, he just chased his tail for hours. That's just him. Yeah, there's, there's a reason. <laughs> like, it's not normal. It's a symptom. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we really do try and get um, people to think about what it is. And this is a training principle in general. You know, what the problem is there. You can't just suppress it. Yeah. Uh, you can't just go, no, 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 you're not going to do that anymore. You've got to think, what would I like this dog to do instead? And that's the training goal, is to actually go, right, okay, I don't want my dog to run out the garage door every time it's open. What would you rather it be doing? That's what you've got to focus on, and that's what you've got to train and teach. Um, and again, that initial conversation where in those first like even if it's an hour, like in the yeah. first half of the session, is to sit down and go through why and what you would like it to do instead. Yeah. So there are about two hour sessions that we both do. Yeah. The initial. Yeah. For an initial. Yeah. And um, you know, follow ups sometimes are two, sometimes are one. Yeah. But depends. depends on you know so many factors like the learning capabilities, like the attention span of the dog, yeah, the attention span of the owner. Um, it's the, there's stuff that we want to get right for them and not set them up to fail. So the first hour is about 
as you said, you know, us trying to investigate exactly what's happening and everything from that dog's life as well. So, you know, how old is the puppy? Did it go to puppy school? Has it been socialized? Um, and work out everything from there and listen to the owner and also watching the dog's behavior as well. And then, you know, into the next hour, then it's probably a little bit of um, the same and also training as well. Well, that's it. You know, a lot of what I do is uh, working with um, behavioral issues, stress, fear, anxiety. So I also need to know, uh, has it been through some a trauma? Yeah. Is it genetically predisposed to this? Uh, are there factors that you are doing, communicating like day to day with your dog? Are you setting up for a win? Do you, are you, do you think it's just energetic when it's hyper aroused? Do you think that it needs to toughen up when it's scared? You know, that sort of thing. These are conversations that I need to have with the owners at first. And, you know, like you say, investigate is a really good word because I'm just, I am finding out, I'm learning in that first hour. Yeah. I don't come in with all the answers. No. I got to learn about what's going on in this scenario. And from there, then I've got to use my best judgment. And yeah. that's where our experience comes in. Um, you know, that's why Mary down the park saying, oh, yeah, just slap him on the nose, mate. Like, it's not. Oh, Mary, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not going to help. Slapping on the nose never helps. But, you know, when someone says, oh, you know, I've had dogs all my life. I think I've said this before as well, but I've had teeth all my life, mate. It doesn't make me a fucking dentist. Yeah. Like, this is where our experience of being in this situation hundreds and thousands of times um, just goes, all right, so I've seen something similar like, like yeah. this. Um, I can pull back from all of this information and go, right, okay, this is this is how I would approach. Um, and what uh, something that I talk about a lot with my clients is you've got, Proactive approach, so things you, and reactive. So proactive approach is things that before the problem's happening, you yeah. know. Say, you say it's a, an aggressive dog. If, how often is it being aggressive? And nine times out of ten, aggression's like you've got a really stressed out dog. So there are heaps of things to do to to proactively reduce the stress of the dog, and then we can learn how to like react if we need to we don't want to ever set that dog up so that it reacts but life will get in the way yeah it's never going to be perfect no nah, so you need to learn how to react in the moment but that's not that's not i mean i was listening to um john mcguigan the glasgow dog trainer and he was talking about this brilliantly he goes the reason why positive reinforcement trainers aren't on television is because it looks so bloody boring <laughs> We take our time, you know, we, we don't set the dog up to fail. It makes shit TV because here's a dog acting really calmly. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Definitely. I haven't really thought about that, but yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Whereas those dipshits that are taking dogs in to fail and then like correcting them makes great TV. Well, it doesn't make shit TV in my opinion, but it, it basically, it's, it will grip the audience because it's adrenaline fueled and yeah, it looks really like, you know, really intense that's, that's if your dog trainer looks like that he's he's setting you and your dog up to fail if it looks like it does on tv then it shouldn't then you need another dog trainer in yeah. my opinion yeah so there's many different training approaches in the dog training world also it's not regulated either so <laughs> i think no. that's the tough one too i think that's what we're up against as well is um the you know anyone can be a dog trainer right now at this moment 
even if you have no experience at all, you can still call yourself a dog trainer. And that's actually quite scary because a lot of people don't educate themselves and don't do dog training courses and don't talk to dog trainers or go sit in with other dog trainers, which is exactly what we've both done, you know, trying to get all the information that we can. And that scares the hell out of me. Yeah. Like that sentence, I know dogs. Like, <laughs> um, you know, you, you know, those is typically people that have had dogs a long time, had probably had a difficult dog themselves and got a win in their mind. You know, they managed to suppress the behavior that they disagreed with um, and then tried to pass on that knowledge. And do you know what? I can't talk. That's how I started. Yeah. <laughs> like, but like, uh, I realized as well, having conversations with other people that I knew nothing and sitting there and there was a couple of conversations. I remember um, sitting there talking to Julie Ashton. Um, she's a veterinary behaviorist and she was talking um, to me about a trainer, uh, about being a dog trainer. And she'd, she'd reached out to me and she'd asked if we could have a coffee and a catch up and um, we're sitting there talking away. Um, and I walked away from that conversation at the time really confident that I was like, yeah, that went really well. And then I know what I said in that conversation. I was talking about how, you know, I can, uh, because this is back when I first started, when I was still doing correction. And I was talking about how, you know, you can just stop the dog from reacting like that. And in hindsight, like, I remember that conversation really clearly. I remember her face when I said it. And she just looked at me like I'm some sort of fucking alien. Because I was. I was an idiot. I was wrong. Um... But that those on reflection of those conversations, I wanted to go and learn more because I knew that I don't, I, I certainly don't know everything, but I knew I know a hell of a lot more than I knew then. But at least you can accept that now and you can say, I was wrong and I went out and learned. And I think that's the most important thing. If a trainer says, you know, <clears throat> sometimes with you, Ian, there might be a dog that you know, I say, can I sit in? And you'll be like, oh, actually, this is human aggressive. So no, don't mm. come, which is totally fine. But every other consultation that I've said, can I sit in with Can I sit in with you? You said, yeah, for sure. And I think if a trainer says, no, you can't sit in, there is yeah. a little bit of a red flag sometimes, depending on the situation. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to be a dog trainer, ask to sit in with a trainer. Yeah. Ask to go, you know, to a class or a puppy school or or just even for a coffee and chat with them about it. Yeah. That's it. Like you say, there's human aggression ones where it's not safe for the other individual. Yeah. But it's also not fair on the dog because aggression is right. fear-based. And yeah. setting that dog up with a load of people in its living room, definitely not in the best interest of the dog. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. But, you know, everybody that has ever approached me, about sitting in with dog training, they'll know that I'm an open book. I've yeah. got no, you know, there you go, come and sit in. And if I can, if I've got time, <laughs> if I've got time, uh, you can sit in. And yeah, um, yeah mo I think, you know, if I'm doing my consult week looks like I think 70% of my consults, there is somebody sat in there. Yeah. Um, you know, either one of my team or somebody that's studying or yourself or, you know, somebody that's got an interest, dog walkers, they'll come and learn. Like if a, if a dog walker's referred me, I want them to come and sit in. Yeah. 
uh, dog groomers refer me. I want them to come and sit in and see what we do because we we try to, you know, it's about education. And if everybody is on the same page, you know, we are, like I said earlier, we're teaching the person what it is we would like them to do, setting them up for a win, management and training. Um, if everybody's pulling in the same direction, then brilliant. That's how we're going to get success because in, well, in simple terms, it's consistency, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think one of the big things that uh, my, um, might surprise people, though, is especially when I'm working with stress, fear, anxiety or like hyperarousal, if it's been going on for some time and some time is like a month, you know, realistically, if the dog's been consistently hyper aroused for a month or aggressive for a month or fearful for a month, that's a, that has been wreaking havoc on the nervous system of the dog for at least for that time. For, and sometimes, you know, I've come in and the like, dog's been doing it for 10 years. Stress break. I ask people to slow down. And I, I always say, like, at this point in time, less is more. Your dog is not in a frame of mind where it can learn anything because the nervous center's on. So I want what we're going to do from this point forward, like until our next session, is fuck all. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and people go, what? What do you mean, nothing? You're like, yeah, really strip it back. Yeah. Imagine you were stressed and I'm trying to teach you Japanese. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, I can't, I can't take in this information. I'm too stressed right now. Yeah, with like, even with like the thought of that, with how busy my life is, I'm not a stressed out person, but... <laughs> I can I'm, teach you if you want. I ain't got time to learn <laughs> Japanese. It's the first thing that comes to my mind. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, we go through ways to actually settle your dog down. Talks about hyperarousal in the past and like nobody calls a dog training because they can't get excited. If I had a doll off every time you said that. <laughs> yeah, I know. You'd I'd, be, be, I'd be so rich. If I had a dollar for every time I said it. <laughs> even richer. Be a bloody millionaire. <laughs> um, but... Um, no, teaching teaching calming exercises. Yeah. Um, um, like I say, it's a chemical. It's, it's, it's chemical reactions in the brain. It's by this point, you know, it's adrenaline fueled. It's loaded on cortisol, and we need the brain to be normal so that it can learn. And by normal, I mean thinking, not yeah. running on impulse. And so, we go through loads of calming, uh, calm and independent behaviors, is what I call it. So, you know, eating, peeing, pooing, sleeping. Drinking, sniffing, and chewing. You get your dog being a dog. And all of those behaviors, um, they are calm and natural behaviors that release serotonin, their drainage, their emotional drainage. Um, and they allow the dog to recover. And people go to me, oh, my dog's, my dog's not food motivated. And I'm like, your dog is too stressed to eat, mate. What's your yeah. dog living on? Air. I'm like, fuck. My dog doesn't sleep. They said, that's the problem. That's not... That's not, you know, that is the problem. Get your dog sleeping right. Get your dog eating right. Get the basics of dog ownership right. I think most people, what they think, what they forget to do, or not not forget to do rather, they almost take it for granted, is they assume that the dog feels safe in the home. And nine times out of ten, it's, it, the dogs that I'm working with, not all dogs obviously, but the dogs that I'm working with that are carrying stress, don't. You know, that they, they normalize what they see. And I know I've already said that today. But that dog that constantly paces around, that dog that stands there like a lost sheep, the dog that barks at the front window every day, the dog that hovers by the front gate or the front balcony or the front window or the front door every day, the dog's 
awake and alert and its nervous centers on. And we need all of that to be stripped back and sleeping um, so, that it, so that it can rest. The dog, in, order to, in order to do any of those seven behaviors, the dog has to drop its guard. And in order to drop its guard, it has to trust its environment. So if they're not doing it, it's communicating, I don't trust my environment. So we get those right. Yeah. And then we can work on dog aggression. <laughs> like, you know, you, people are aiming, like they, they're at the end. And I'm like, yeah, no, mate, you need no, to come bring back. It back. That's like my sister. She has um, GSP called Kevin. Yes, his name's Kevin. Great name. <laughs> and like I was name. there on the weekend and it was really interesting. Um, he was pacing up and down the hallway and she's going, oh, you busy boy. You busy boy, Kevin. I'm like, no, 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 no. Okay, we need to stop this and give him something to do. So she had like doors to the hallway as well. So we shut off the doors, brought his bed out, so gave him an option to, to rest and an antler straight away, boom, yeah. sat down. Set with him down. Yeah. I was like, if you see him doing that, that's not that's not normal. That's not good. And she was like, Oh, I just thought he was being busy. Yeah. What she thought it was normal. Imagine if it was a human pacing up and down the fucking hallway. <laughs> what are you doing, mate? Yeah. Right, lay down, idiot. But it was Imagine good. Imagine that every day. So sorry, yeah. no, I don't want I know I'm just gonna hold you on that point for a minute because yeah. imagine that every day. How how exhausted that dog would be from just mentally just not knowing what the fuck is going on in this world to the yeah. point where it's pacing up and down. It's like a bit, if you saw a bear in a cage doing that, there would be people, there would be activists there going, this is animal cruelty. Yeah. It's not, it's not normal. But I think it goes back to when people normalize it. And then I was talking about how you speak about the wind up clock as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So their brains and their bodies are linked. Like yeah. uh, in the sense that, they are like wind-up clocks. The yeah. more they move, the more their, their adrenaline goes up. The more their adrenaline goes up, the more they move. And we see people do this. And I, <laughs> I had a client at the weekend, and I loved them. They were they they were they were brilliant, and they responded brilliantly to this. But they literally fit this textbook, and they would ask the dog questions when the dog's pacing. Yeah, what's the matter? What you doing? Oh, do you want to go for a walk? They're all trying to. S- s- they're all stimulants. Yeah, the dog's already. And they didn't realize, yeah. So rather than trying to settle the dog down, we we always explain, we want the dog to feel safe, settled and comfortable, not tired. And we've said this in the past as well, like a tired dog is the same as a tired human, intolerant of others, antisocial, incapable of learning, just generally shit. And, but a safe, a dog, any individual that feels safe, settled and comfortable is the most social being, like it's perfect it's capable of learning yeah because the thinking side of its brain can work and this is where i've been i've been playing around with this in my own head like language around this recently um i like i guess i'd like a bit of feedback um not just from you Soph, but from everybody <laughs> i was like yeah i'm ready go but like when people <laughs> tell me my dog gets bored i'm like been questioning what is boredom yeah and it's agitation is, is the inability to settle. And sure, like, you, maybe you do need to go for a run that day. Maybe you, maybe the dog does need to get up and go for a piss. Maybe the dog needs to get up and have a drink, and maybe the dog needs to hasn't been fed that day and needs some food. And maybe it is playtime. But if the dog is just always having to do that, that's weird. Like, it, it, it's not just constantly bored. By this point, the dog has learned it can't, like, has never learned how to settle. 
and I think we have a culture where people try and distract all the time because they're worried that the dog's, well, one, we've talked about energetic, but bored. And no, everybody seems to forget that just let the dog relax. I think when people see their dog relax, they're like, is it sick? What's happening? Why is it sleeping? I'm like, leave it. Mm. <laughs> if it's sleeping, it's tired or exhausted. Let it sleep. People yeah. freak out at that. I don't know why. If it's sleeping, it's chose to. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, the, Listen to what your dog's actually doing. It's chose to lay down and sleep. Yeah. It ain't bored. So let it let yeah. it sleep. Well, that's, And it was really, because I remember my sister telling me, you know, on the phone and telling me all this stuff, but being there for the week and actually seeing Kevin and seeing how he is and just giving them a few things to do, like especially the front door, he would like bolt out the front door. <laughs> So I had to work on that as well. Um, uh, yeah, and it was just interesting to actually see it in person and be like, okay, when he's doing this, do this. When he's yep. doing that, do this. Let him sleep here, let him do this. And she was like, I get it. Mm. I get it now. So yeah. it, was, it was really nice. Yeah. And then, of course, once we've got the dog to settle in, the, in general, then we can go into dog training. Yeah. So then we're looking at the communication skills of the owner. Can the owner communicate with their dog, ideally in a verbal way, so asking it to come here? Uh, do they understand positive reinforcement? Do they understand that they're not just rewarding the dog for getting it right, they're trying to motivate the dog to get it right? Do they understand that positive reinforcement alters the emotional space of the dog and makes it feel better and you're not, you can't reinforce a negative emotional state? Are they are they prone to using punishment? How does the how does the client move? You know, some people are very imposing. So important. You know, yeah, exactly. Like it, it, this stuff is the stuff that we go, we're trying to get across to you guys. Like, I'm also going to adapt it. Like somebody that's very an imposing character, I need to teach how to ease off. But I understand as well um, that your body language is your natural body language. So some, so I need to work with you on that and make sure that, because I can't change everything, everything about you, yeah. your innate responses, but I can at least make you conscious that that response triggers that response. So let's work on uh, all of this. My dad, it just reminded me then when he came over. So Kevin was settled, dad came over, roughed him up hmm. and then said, okay, stop now. And I was like, dad, your body language is saying, keep playing. Yeah. Like you've said stop in the human language, but your hands are still moving. And he was like, what do you mean? And then he was like trying to hold him there. I'm like, no. I was like, just go away. Yeah, throw your hands in the dog's face, rev him up and then physically restrain him. Why is this dog not calm? Yeah. So I was like, dad, just walk away. And then I was like, guys, did you see that? That's what you don't do. Yeah. Sorry, dad. Love you. <laughs> yeah. I think he's right. But Kevin, and this is typical, uh, Kevin's a big, big dog. And then, and... You know, he's a he's a rough and tumble dog. Yeah. And um, it's very easy, especially for us blokes, to go, hey, you fucking bugger, hey, yeah, mate, hey, yeah. and get right in the grill. And then, but then we've got to think about what do our, our, all of our actions have consequences. Yeah. So, and what are they? Another one, a really typical one I see all the time is when guests come over and someone um, immediately gets the dog's ball. And starts throwing it and like distracting. I don't like, I hate distraction. Like anybody that grows up distracted is a fucking idiot. They're never present. But like, then they do it to their dog. 
they'll throw the ball and they'll throw the ball and they'll throw the ball and they'll throw the ball. Why the fuck won't this dog calm down? Because you're spiking its adrenaline every single fucking time you throw it. Like, think, give it something to chew, calm it down. It ain't rocket science, but people don't even, they're not even aware. And that's why we're doing it. Yeah, exactly. But like, it, as soon as you point it out, they're like, oh shit, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Christ, yeah. And when you, you know, in these conversations, I'd love it if every single person, one of my clients listened to this bit and then we didn't have to have this conversation in the first hour. But it's like these conversations, they're little light bulb moments and they go, oh, righto. Yeah, shit. Okay. Now, what do we do? I'm like, well, that's why you need a couple of weeks for your dog to settle down before yeah. we can take it out. Do anything. And then we've got, you know, say, say we're working outside the house, then we've got to learn, can they hold a leash? Like, probably not. Um, does your dog pull? Yes. Does it, is it a reactive? Yes. So we're going to work on leash handling and like your basic communication skills before we set it up in front of dogs. Why? Because you can't handle a leash and you've got no communication skills and you want it to stop. Do you want me to explain further? <laughs> like, it's it's so, like, it's, but, but again, like, people aren't thinking like that when they're in the thick of it and they're making that phone call. They're like, oh, my dog's reactive. So fix it, mate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we don't just come in and magically sprinkle fairy dust over and go, we're done now. Yeah, no. One session. Yeah, that'd that's be. it. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Sometimes we go in and it's, you know, something simple and a few changes and then we'll follow up with them and they'll be like, you know, everything's really good. And we're like, awesome, that's great. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. But most of the time it it doesn't. No. But, you know, we really care. We're not just going there going, yeah, we'll fix your dog in two hours. Cool. Bye. Well, those people that are offering that, one, they don't understand dog behavior. They don't understand behavior, period. Like, I can fix behavior? What the fuck? Like, you can't guarantee behavior. It's an amygdala in your brain that is a, is a reflexive response that overrides the thinking brain in 0.02 seconds. And you can reckon you can guarantee. I can't guarantee my own behavior. Let alone your dog's. Nah. And, you know, so those, I reckon those people that are out there saying, I can fix your dog. They, I hate the word fix. I know. It shits me because I, they're aiming, uh, their, their marketing is aiming at people that are stressed out and then giving them false promises. Because if you suppress a behavior through correction, because that's how they're training, they're not, they're not using positive reinforcement, these guys. Anybody that's using positive reinforcement understands you cannot fix behavior. And these guys are basically setting, suppressing the dog, and that, that behavior, that stress that was causing the behavior in the first place will present somewhere else, if not there. You know, It will manifest in a different area of its life because it's stress and it carries it. Um, and on that, you know, nobody calls us when it's going well, right? And these owners that have reached out to us, I've got a lot of respect for them because nobody gets a dog thinking that they don't know what they're doing. They get a dog thinking, I've got this. And then when it starts going wrong, they've got the courage to ask for help yeah. with something they thought they had. And they need, they need support. The chances are that they're stressed themselves and they don't they might not know it they might not admit it but when they sit down and go Fucking hell, i'm really struggling I, I can't walk my dog down the road and i want to it's causing angst in their life yeah they need help they need they need guidance not not to be reprimanded themselves they don't need to be blamed for their dog's problems they they need help they need support so 
one of the big factors that we always consider, like when we're dog trainers at the end of the day, but we need to make sure that we set everybody up for a win, including the client. So as much as we wouldn't push the dog to the th- point of threshold and breaking, don't set the client up to fail either. You know, no. understand that if it's if they're struggling uh, walking their dog down the side, like down a busy street, practice the leash handling, uh, practice communication skills at home or in quiet streets or where the where the person can learn because their brains are the same yeah. as ours don't fire off their amygdala get them get them in their thinking learning frame of mind and build up their communication skills gradually yeah i think the nicest thing is when you're in a consult and at the end the clients go oh my gosh i feel so much better it's like a therapy session for them you know we're there to support you and we're there to help you and we genuinely want everyone the dog included and you guys to feel better that's what we're there for we're not there to be like you are a shit owner and you're bad blah 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 no we're not going to say that no nah, because we've fucked up so many times ourselves oh, yeah like we're not perfect like no it's perfect i used to teach all the methods that i, I don't i hate these days yeah i fucked it up but if i carried guilt to the point where it crippled me then i would go back to being an electrician yeah but I accept that I got it wrong. I try and learn and do more and go and study more. Can't wait to start studying again, actually. I'm doing the Susan Friedman course. Can't wait. It's in January. Um, because I don't know everything either. And no. And we're in this. When, yes, we've got more experience training dogs than you. Um, but that's our job. You know, you've probably got more. Well, you definitely have more experience than me in other aspects of life. And if I needed help in that, I'd come to a professional just like you. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the other thing is, you know, sometimes we'll be there and we don't know the answer. And I'll go, I might call Ian or I might call a vet or behaviorist and just be like, hey, actually, can I just run something by you? You know, I'm not quite sure. I'll do my own research. So we don't know everything. No one knows everything. So we're still learning as well. And yeah. Getting that experience, like having, sorry, having that support team around you. You know, like we do work with vets and we do work with dog groomers and we do work with dog daycares and we do work with dog walkers and we do work with veterinary behaviourists. They're our support team as much as we are theirs. We're a, we're a community. And between us, hopefully we know enough to get on top of most cases. Yeah, definitely. So that's pretty much what sums up an initial consult for both of us. And yeah, we do it slightly differently, but it's pretty much the same information that they're relaying. Um but as you said before, remember, every dog's individual. Every dog's different. So no consult's going to be exactly the same yeah. ever. Yeah, I've never done the same job twice. Yeah, no. Like, and that's, uh, that's the best part of my job. Yeah, it's always different. It's the most challenging part of my job. Um, <laughs> but there might be little things that are the same that you've seen before. As you said, you know, oh, yeah, that dog had that and he had this. So maybe it's that. Mm. So let's delve more into that. Actually, yeah, and one of the things that, sorry, just one last thing to add to that is um, we, we know that people learn in different ways. So, yeah. so we, we, some people learn through listening, some people learn through watching and doing, and some people learn through reading. So in the consultation, you know, we will we'll explain, we'll demonstrate, and we'll try and give you an opportunity to do, and then we'll write it up for you afterwards. Yeah. Because we want to give everybody the best opportunity to learn. 
and I and I'm in the habit of saying these days, right? As I leave the consultation, I say, look, if anything is unclear, um, that's my fault. I've not explained it well enough. I've got a team uh, there for support. Email us, call us. It doesn't cost you anything. It's, we want to make sure that the information is clear in your head and there's no stupid questions. No, like just, definitely not. We're, we're, our job is to get the information across to you and teach you as best to our ability. Um, and if you're not able to do it because after our session, you know, the, what we've asked you to do, it's my fault I haven't trained you well enough. It's just like with the dog. If, the dog, if I'm asking the dog to do something um, and it's not doing it, Look at the trainer. Why is it? Why? You know, um, it's a conversation. The dog's communicating either I won't or I can't. Yeah. And then it's on to the trainer to make it motivating again. Um, same with the owner. You know, if you can't do it, there's a conversation happening right now and I need to make sure that you are motivated and you're, it's clear enough. So, yeah, just throwing that in the, the extra there right at the end. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> important because... Um, even so, I used to be a netball coach, and the same thing. I had to speak and say it. Then we had I had to show them physically, and then I had to write it down as well, mm. because everyone learns different. I'm yeah. like a very visual person, so I like to see what's happening. So yeah, it's important that we cover all those bases. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed it and I found hope it. You enjoyed my husky voice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Uh, give us your feedback uh, in the social media. That's always, always welcome. And we really appreciate all of it. And remember, folks, a healthy dog's a happy dog. Woo. And that was the pod. A healthy dog.